You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom Bracha. This is On Principle, Challenges in Jewish Education. And I'm here with the person who I thought was going to be the star of this show, by the way. <laughs> when I first conceived of the idea of meeting the challenges of Jewish education and finding someone that had the patience for me, <laughs> and there was some aspect of chemistry between us in order for the episodes to work, that's, I zeroed in on you, Rabbi John Kroll, principal of Salanter, Akiva, Riverdale Academy, otherwise known as SAR. This is your third appearance on our show, so maybe we're going to give you some sort of door prize or something. I, I can send it to you through Zoom. Very excited to be here. I think the... Uh not just like, you know, to tolerate you, but to admire you is perhaps more accurate of a, of a description <laughs> of my attitude towards Avram Kivalevich, the host and curator. Uh, <laughs> I was just a little disappointed that we introduced me, not introduced me as the Sar Hatayra. I think that's <laughs> reserved for other guests. Uh, well, other- SAR is definitely Sar, so we, oh, can call we, you, we can call you the Sar Hatayra. I have to just say, since you're mentioning that, I did... You, and, and you gave me a shout out on, on your highly read blog a couple of weeks ago as a former teacher at SAR, of course, which I've said on, on, on air here. But when people used to ask me, you teach at SAR? So I would say, well, SAR stands for Salanter, Akiva, Riverdale. I'm sort of the Salanter part. <laughs> uh, depending on the, uh, different, different you know, contexts, people ask me uh, you know, uh, where, where I teach, where I learn. So it's a, depending on who I'm talking to, sometimes I'll say I learned, I learned the Salantar Yeshiva. It's a very different feel. When I was in Boca, the name of the school was the Weinbaum Yeshiva High School. I said, like, you know, where do you, where, so some of my students would say, they go to like, it ended up in the mirror. They say, well, where did you learn, where did you learn high, in high school? I learned him. I learned by wine bombs. <laughs> it's like it's like the grocery store or the farm store. I had a wine bombs, right? Yeah. Or, or as I referred to it a hundred times in our first show, as Weinberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, as the as I'm saying, and as and, and, and actually, I'm actually, as you know, a big aficionado of Yisrael Salanter, who shouldn't be, uh, the great genius of the 19th century who understood chinuch well, and I know that SAR has always been cutting edge. And I'm sure we've talked about the struggles that SAR had and the challenges that they met in terms of Corona the last time you, were, you came on the show. Now, it's the end of the year. It's already July. And I know that you're still glowing. Uh, there's less of you there, but you're still glowing over the graduation that I think occurred, I think it was yesterday, right? I was on Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Okay. Two days yeah. ago, you had a, a, a big... The glowing you might see is because they definitely have to spend a good amount of time in the outdoor field getting things set up, and I did not apply the proper sunscreen. So the glow is like not just uh, emotional. Okay. It's actually so, burnt. so, so the graduation. I know you had once you, w- once we were schmoozing, uh, and you told me you had an idea of having the graduation at some um, drive-in up in the uh, in the north of the city, but you ended up having it in the big field at the SAR Academy, right? Yeah, we went through a couple of different, um, several different iterations and figuring out what it precisely we were going to do. We thought we were going to go to a drive-in movie theater. Then we thought we were going to go out of state in Connecticut, which had a little bit looser guidelines. Upon further reflection, we realized it was probably, although not illegal, definitely not good optics 
to escape your New York state regulations for the more make-ill climate of Connecticut. So we decided to, you know, make sure that we would abide by um, whatever Governor Cuomo's, you know, directives were. We were glad that uh, they issued directives allowing graduations of, outdoor graduations of up to 150 people um, as of June 26th. Once he made that announcement, we announced that we would be doing it June 30th, um, and we did it and limited it to 150 people, which, of course, got a little complicated because we had 138 graduates. Um, wow. Which meant that, you know, parents who have, may have dreamt of seeing their, you know, son, sons or daughters uh, get their diplomas in person were, you know, relegated to seeing it via live stream. I'm sure that that itself was a technological nightmare for many, uh, having making sure that the cameras were set up in a way. But also, I'm sure that everybody was sitting uh, six feet apart from each other. And um, as you said, uh, a lot of people probably, as you said, got sunburned trying to set everything up to make sure that all the safety was there. And, 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 and you believe, I guess we should start off saying the kids probably felt good about it, right? The kids. Well, the uh, one thing we had um, got loud and clear from messages earlier on in the season from students was, please do whatever you can to avoid a Zoom graduation. We got, we must get off of our screens, please if it's going to be legal and safe, please do what you can to let us see each other and celebrate some, to some extent in person. So we were, you know, as we, as we sort of rolled this out to parents, this was not a no brainer to be honest. Like, you know, we could have done this in a way if we had it all in cars, parents and kids could have participated together in their cars, which is the way, which is the way it was done in Brooklyn. I know my nephews, yeah. my nephew graduated. It was basically done every. You had to stay in your car and stuff like that. Right. A lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of schools had done, had done that, and I totally respect that decision. That was a decision we considered. Um, we, as we explained it to to um, to parents and students at a meeting, of you know, I don't know, it feels like it was like two months ago, but it was probably two weeks ago. Um, we. Explain, listen, this is not going to be an optimal graduation ceremony. If it's an optimal graduation ceremony, it's everybody together in person. We could optimize it for, in a way that would optimize experience for parents, that would be doing it in cars with their kids. Could optimize it for kids, not parents, which would be what we did. And that's what we decided to do. If there is a conflict here between, you know, the making the experience as optimal as possible for the students if that was an option, we chose that option, even though we recognize that it could be frustrating for parents. Generally, the feedback has been, you know, really positive, even from the parents recognizing that this is the best we could do in the situation. And they want ultimately for their kids to have the best experience that they could have. Well, and it was great. We put them in, we set the field up, we painted like, you know, a, a mark every six feet where there was a chair put down and each kid was escorted. We actually set up a thing so that the parents would feel like they were a little more involved, we set up a whole system. They, parents would come with their child at a particular time. They'd walk, we set up a red carpet. They'd walk down the red carpet with their child, and that was being live streamed to wow. everyone. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We tried and the to- parent then went home. In other words, the parent, the parent was like the, uh, was like the uh, what is it called? It comes to the Academy Awards. It was like, yeah. the, it was like the, the, the escort to the Academy Awards. No, 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 not an escort service. No, no, not that. It was a, 
It was, yeah, they, did, they did indeed escort their children. They, some, some parents uh, perhaps were a little more comfortable and appreciated the red carpet and, and sort of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, talks looking at the camera and performing than others were. But everybody did feel, we tried to make it feel like there was something special experience. We had a photographer there who took the picture with the kids and the parents and the parents and that's about their other family members. So that was a way of some sort of gesture that I thought was meaningful to uh, make it feel a little more like a family affair and not just that the kid was separate from mommy and daddy. Well, I'm, again, uh, without any uh, attempt to be chone if you, I, I, I definitely am, uh, understand that this is the type of thing SAR excels at, empowering the children, the same time coming up with inventive solutions. Uh, here in my neck of the woods, uh, I know it's graduation season because every other day, uh, the sirens go off, police cars, and, 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 and I don't know if what they're, I don't know what's happening with the fires that might be breaking out, but they actually bring the fire trucks down the street where a graduate might be, and they definitely uh, take out the horns and whistles and say, well, join the parade for the graduation, honk your horn. Um, and I think what, what you did in the inventive way, what they do in Elizabeth in the grubby Jersey way, it's all part, really, of what I would say, John, is an attempt to sort of like deal with the horrible year that's happened and sort of saying, oh, those kids deserve it. They've been, they didn't really have a, a real year anyway. It's been, they haven't been with their friends. The schooling, despite how great your teachers are and your, uh, the efficacy of your, uh, of your technology, we all know it hasn't been the same. You spoke about this here on the last show. So therefore, we sort of say, yeah, well, let's let them feel good about the graduation. Let's make the graduation special because they, they suffered so much up until now. I think that's really been the attitude uh, throughout America. There's, a, you know, I think the attitude is tempered in a couple of different directions because, you know, I'll give you an example. Like at one point, there was a person involved in the graduation who, who was not going to be able to come, who said to said to me, you know, we should do it in the cars. My, the grandparents have... Their whole lives, they've been waiting to see their grandchild graduate from high school, and you're taking this away from them. To which I, I, I tried to respond without condescension as much as I could, and I, I was like, "Listen, you know, there's a there are like 150,000 dead people right now, and things aren't in, in you know in this country, and things aren't as." ideal as we would hope that they should be like you gotta like take a reality check and realize that like you know not everything is going to be as you as you had always as you had always planned so again on the one hand i like want to play up for these seniors and be and like recognize the reality that indeed lots of much of the experience of what what you've always expected when you saw the kids a year older than you or two years, when you were a freshman and you hoped for all this kind of like these like, you know, rituals of senior year, like those were real things. And like, I don't want to say, I don't want to like, you know, minimize a student's sort of like disappointment uh, at missing those things. Like that's very real that that's real, but you also need to say like, okay, like, you know, guys, like get, take, take a reality check. The world is messed up right now, and you know, let's not get too you know, full of ourselves. And I found that the kids generally, kids, I found 
very, very, imp- I was very impressed by that b- the kids being able to hold those two things at once. Like recognizing that we'd like to celebrate ourselves and our friends and, and put a, some kind of closure in a celebratory way together on this while realizing that, okay, yeah, I get it. that The world's messed up and like, I can't have everything the way like I had anticipated it would be. Yeah, so that's really where I want to want to pull you into. I know you had another point you wanted to talk about as well, but I wanted to pull you into that just for a second. Um, because, yeah, the kids didn't really have the year, as you said. They didn't have the, uh, the senior internship. They didn't have all that stuff, which is a real great learning experience and absorbing and et cetera. Um, but here's the main thing. Did the graduation, in your mind, set the tone for the uncertainty of that world that's out there? Unlike previous graduations where, you know, the the sky was the limit. And I was at some of the SAR graduations. I've been to my own children and grandchildren graduation. And it's all about the possibilities of the future. You feel feel caught up in it. Yeah, the old grandfather feels great because he sees, he's he's not going to maybe live to see it, but he sees, he gets to see the beginning of that great future for his grandchildren. And I understand what that's about. This year, can you really have used your graduation for that? What sort of messages did you say about the uncertainty of the future and, and, and to ready these people? Yeah, so I think that that's, a good, that's an important question. I, I mean, it's interesting. When we discussed the sort of programming of the graduation and the speeches that were going to be made at graduation with, with seniors, one message as we were planning it that came loud and clear is that they said, can you please make sure that this graduation is not like a town hall meeting about the pandemic? Like we experienced three years and eight months of normalcy. And we'd like that the graduation to be a reflection of that primarily with, of course, an acknowledgement and some that we're living about the times we're living in, but Please don't like, you know, um, sort of like transform our identity into the Nebuch pandemic children. Um, and so I was, I was like, you know, I, I was very moved by that. I thought that that made sense. And what, you know, like the, the theme and the messages that were conveyed, I think, were a combination. I would say it was like the Iker was much more kind of like reflecting on accomplishments and, you know, hopefulness. Um, for, for students and the tough L, but still, ex- still, still very much coloring the, um, the, 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 uh, the whole, the vibe was recognizing that this is, the world is not as we thought it would be. And that sort of like your ex, that, that, and that, and turning that message into, but it can also be an uplifting message of realizing that for all of your plans that you've always had, um, you know, they don't always go as planned. And that itself is a, is an important lesson learned. That's not, that's very translatable to, uh, you know, things other than just the pandemic. So hopefully, even if we get the vaccine, they're going to be stronger, even though they didn't have that senior uh, internship, but they're going to be stronger because of what they've gone through. I believe, again, I, yeah, I mean, that, that was a message that was conveyed. And I don't think it's just spinning. I think that there's something real there. I think that there's a certain uh, character that you, you, we all know this, that, that you, you, go, you go through um, the sort of difficult moments that 
character building. You know, it's interesting. One of the students who spoke, we always have a student who speaks, uh, they, they select their, by their peers, they vote on two students. One student delivers an address in Hebrew, one student delivers an address in English. They alternate boy-girl year by year. One is the Hebrew, one is the English. The, the boy, the, the kid who spoke in Hebrew, actually, they had a very interesting theme that he spoke. They both, all the things, the boy and the, everyone was great. There's like an interesting thing he spoke about, which was the, the basic idea was the memorableness of the unexpected and the impact that the unexpected leaves on you is so much more like meaningful and lasting than many of the uh, sort of like routines that you go through. And so he tried to develop this idea that this unexpected sort of experience, what are the lessons learned and how can we, uh, kind of like grow from it. I thought it was a very interesting kind of thing. Yeah, well, brain science, I think, backs that up as well, because when we do feel threatened, that's when the adrenaline kicks in, and that's when a whole different part. We remember insults more than we rep- remember compliments. It's all part of the same thing. Holocaust survivors can remember every single day that they were in the camps. But yeah. let me ask you, uh, and it sounds great. I'm just going to tell you one thing, however, that I think, and the SAR kids, because of where they come from, because of who their parents are, and because of their education, they have probably a less uncertain world than the kids out here in Elizabeth and uh, Elizabeth public schools. Because I, I think whatever this new world is, you guys have trained them. That's you've trained them for some for some high uh, for some high tech stuff, and uh, I think high tech is where it's going to go. John, I know you wanted to say there was another thing that you felt, I'm, another thing you felt about the graduation. I'm not sure about this, but I'll, I'll comment. I'll comment on that. I'm not sure again. I don't. Maybe you want to get this into a little bit of a, a risk. Okay. Uh, All right. Thing that you just said. I'm curious if that was a was were you were you referencing a little bit more of a is that like a privilege kind of uh, comment? Is that what that was? Okay. It looked like you were talking to somebody else when I was talking, when I was saying it, but I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to, to, what I was saying is like this, the SAR kids are wealthier, the SAR kids are smarter, the SAR kids are going to be into fields where they're not going to have to have the same sort of economic worries, because, not only because of their parents' wealth, but mostly, and what I meant was, the way they have been taught. They've been taught, and, and they are zeroing in on careers that are going to be elastic and are going to be maybe able to help yeah. them in this, in this world to come. Yeah, I hope so. Listen, I think there's definitely a range of, you know, to a certain extent, the range of socioeconomic backgrounds uh, of kids. That being said, of course, there's definitely, you know, a good amount of wealth. Um, Listen, I don't want you to think that I was trying to, 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 you know, act like you guys are these snobs. What I was saying is imagine a school in Brooklyn, yeah, where yeah. the kid you know, went to the ninth grade and right. he's going to be a Rebbe. You're going to be a Rebbe in a yeshiva. I'm going to be in a yeshiva. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Who's all going to close think, down? I think that, I think that there is something to be said for that, that there, you know, if you are, you know, sort of given a sense of confidence that you can be elastic and that you can adapt, um, you know, you feel a little bit less anxious about uh, about the future. That being said, 
think there's a tremendous amount of anxiety. You know, we're looking at a generation of kids who, you know, really don't think that they're going to be better off than their parents. And that's like a, um, that's, that's difficult. And that's a hard place to be in. And certainly with the, uh, you know, the uncertainty in the economy right now in the whole world, I do think that our students are graduating into a, into an environment that's, that is more anxiety provoking than, um, than I think they than I think their older siblings may have been used, uh, may have been exposed to. Yeah. So, well, like I said, I, I didn't mean to downplay it. And I know that, um, uh, clearly, as we say, graduation is the next step. And I know that you yourself, John, um, experienced a certain sense. This was your, uh, comeback season. You know, you came back, uh, after years away and, uh, I hope that you also got the accolades that you deserved at the graduation. I'm sure that there was a... People said nice things. That's always nice to hear nice things. And like, you know, because I'm the guy whose name is signed on the emails and comes from my address, so people automatically send me replies telling me how much they loved stuff. And, you know, I feel all good about myself and I try to share the information with the people who really made it happen. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a feel good season and you have about a minute or two to bask in that. And then you got to start worrying about getting school started. If right. And we'll see if, how, how that's, how that's going to happen. Well, John, uh, thanks for the report on the, uh, on the SAR graduation and graduations in general. Um, Let's make it more regular. I mean, you are, as I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I think we'll, You'll be what I'm waiting for through the weeks. I'll fill up the other weeks with the second leaguers, with the minor leaguers, and then we'll always be able to come on to John Kroll on the On Principle Challenges Jewish Education. All right, that's it for today, my friends. Thanks a lot, John. Enjoy it up there in the Bronx. Thank you, sir. Well, everybody. See you, Mr. Shem, soon. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.